Hello, hello. Welcome everyone back to another episode of Team Talks. We heard our friend Megan. Hi. We yeah. are super excited for Megan because she is probably our most loyal listener. She literally listens to episodes before we even publicize them at all. It's true. Definitely. Oh, I'm the yeah, first like, listen. I take pride in that. <laughs> she listens at like 5.45 a.m. the next day. <laughs> literally while I'm doing my makeup. As soon as I get out of bed, I turn it on and I'm doing my makeup, my hair, getting ready for work, and I'm listening. <laughs> and talking back like a crazy person. <laughs> So, it's taken long enough, but you're finally on. How do you feel? Do you feel like you're ready to to be a part of it instead of listen to it? Definitely. <laughs> I feel like I have a million things to talk about. And part of me wants to do, like, my own episode to talk about myself. But a lot of me is like, okay, can we talk about what you talked about in this episode? <laughs> to say. And can we talk about this? Because I just have so many comments for, like, so many times I've been listening and wanting to respond and I can't. I'm just going to start texting them to you. Yeah, you should yeah, totally, totally start doing that, like 100%. We would love that. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're down for whatever. I do want to talk about you, though, mostly. Yeah, definitely of want course. to talk about you. But yeah. if you have any of those you want to throw in every once in a while, yeah, I'm down. Yeah, I just might. We don't get a whole lot of feedback, necessarily. We get, like, every once in a while, we get, like, oh, like, this is a great episode. Right. But, like, not so much specifics. So, that'll be interesting. Yeah, for sure. Oh. Well, then I can be that person. <laughs> my whole job is grading other people's work so <laughs> pretty good at it feedback i love it so we met megan also drum roll Surprise. <laughs> on second, second floor. floor um yeah that was six six years, years ago now six in a few months yeah that's crazy yeah that's a really long time ago and it's i don't think of how i met you guys individually and I for sure have a story of meeting John yeah like I'm sure Brittany I met you because you came by and you like popped into all the girls rooms while Sarah and I were setting up our room but I remember meeting John when we were doing that first night the competition and he and I were paired up with that game where he had to like hold something in the small of our back and then Mm -hmm. run sideways across the field and drop it in the bucket and I remember doing that and being like yes these people are competitive this is gonna be a great group It's true. I think I met you. I think a lot of the girls, like a good handful of us, like all the ones that like I, I was mostly I was mostly close with throughout the year, met that day. Mm-hmm. I remember a picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was day one for for a lot of things. Yeah, that's. I'm so glad they did shit like that. It's like that literally bonded so many people the right. first day. Yeah, just like have interactions like that. Otherwise, it would have been then- hidden in my room the whole time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I know, like, like uh, some of that orientation or first week stuff, like, can be cheesy, but it's, like, also, like, real. <laughs> like, none of us know, you know? Like, yeah. first going into school, it's not like you can be too cool to do that stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I in high it. school, all you do is meet people through organized things by other people. There's, in high school, you're not forced into that type of situation where you have to start those interactions. And so it's good that they started us out that way and kind of eased us into having to start our own relationships and make friendships on our own. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I loved, loved the beginning of all that. Yeah. Megan was also part of our, um, was it all floor like race? Or the something? scavenger hunt. The scavenger yeah, the hunt. Scavenger hunt. 
Oh, no. It's so funny that this podcast is mostly John and I reliving, like, the glory <laughs> high school, like, college days. But, like, that shit was real. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, I think I was... that was one of, like, few experiences where I did interact with everybody. I mean, I was definitely friends with people on the floor, but I don't think I was as close with everyone as you guys were or as there were other people on the floor. Um, yeah. As many positive interactions as I had on the floor, I also had just as many negative interactions. And mm-hmm. so my freshman year was definitely difficult, um, but I did have a lot of really good memories. And you guys mm-hmm. tend to be in most of the good ones. Mm-hmm. That's good to hear. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I'm happy you brought that up because that's a, that's been the feedback from some people. Like that's like, and, and that's a genuine thing. And as much as like John and I look back and like, oh, we loved it. Like that's just not everybody's experience. And so that's valid, you know? Yeah. I think but it I love- was, it was easy for me to make friends with the guys. And that's probably because I was always friends with guys in high school, never friends with girls. Um, Mm -hmm. And that came from like a really bad middle school experience of just being bullied and being befriended by girls who then turned around and talked badly about me. And so then when I got to college, I was like, this is going to be a fresh start. I get to be friends with girls. Um, Mm. And then it didn't turn out that way. There ended up being a lot of like really negative interactions with girls. Um, and mm-hmm. that made it really difficult. And it kind of brought back so many. I, I remember just having like two negative interactions with the girls. Mm-hmm. And then that immediately made me like, okay, I'm going to shut down and go into my shell then. Because sure. this yeah, is not working. Scripting. I'm going to retreat. This is not a comfortable situation. Right. Um, and then that made it like after freshman year, it got a little bit easier. Um, and I think we all just kind of grew up a little bit. We became more mm-hmm. mature and we were better at like talking about our feelings and talking about things that were happening. So that, right. that changed. But yeah, freshman year was difficult. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that and understand that for sure. I think the biggest part of that is just the dorm lifestyle, like the setup of it. You know, you you move in, you've got 60 fucking people on your floor, and there's 60 people on every floor for eight floors. And that's just a lot of people to be – yes, we were forced to interact with people, which was great, but you also were forced to interact with people that you wouldn't have necessarily chosen to interact with. Right. So – I think after freshman year, there became a little bit more independence with choosing who yeah. you saw on a there regular more basis choices. and more yeah. kind of control right. over the situation, which. Right. If you didn't want to be in those situations, you didn't have to be because you weren't in the same floor. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And I don't but... think it helped freshman year that I was in a long distance relationship at the time. And that made it really difficult to have to balance. Right being available for a phone call at any time and then being able to interact with people and And that time didn't always line up. And so then there was a lot of like being left out and having to make choices. And then no matter what choice I made, I was in the wrong. So it made it it very difficult freshman year. And I think Megan Shakespeare also had some of that difficulty, like having to choose which one you're going to spend time with and how do you make those choices? Yeah. I think she voiced something about that on her podcast for Mm -hmm. sure. I mean, I couldn't imagine coming into freshman year with a boyfriend, regardless. Like, that objective, like, like that's just got to be hard. Because, like, I'm sure you want to, like, put as much effort and time as you had in high school um, into something. And then, uh, like, also wanting to, like, foster your own growth at that kind of critical time. I'm sure that was really hard. You had the same experience. Yeah. She was just there. Well, I'm, I was thinking the other way, like, my senior year. Of high school. Right, where you were on the opposite end. I was on the opposite end of it. Right. Yeah. Like, I know how tough it was being on the other end, being like, I want you to enjoy college, you know, and have fun, but also. I don't want you to have fun without me. (laughs) 
Yeah, like yeah. I would, like, I would definitely be like that. So it was it was definitely tough, but yeah, I think it's just it's literally the one of the hardest things I think you could go through, especially at fucking like seventeen, eighteen, like. Realistically, seventeen-year-old, eighteen-year-old relationships are so difficult as it is. Right. Yeah. Just stick them hours apart, states apart, countries apart. You know, whatever it is. Like. Yeah. It's just so hard to manage. Yeah, I remember that being hard and hearing some of that and from you on that and not loving that for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but I do think that it it's kind of great that even though like all of our experiences are different and things maybe were not rosy for everybody the whole time that we can still kind of like at least look back a little bit like on some of the interactions and fondness and that we can still have these kind of conversations like it's not like we I saw I don't feel like I've necessarily burned bridges with anybody yeah you know what I mean yeah yeah which is that's a good feeling because I don't I don't want to at all feel like anything that I like encouraged or like planned or whatever to reside so negatively in people like that definitely makes me anxious but I also want to like validate those experiences so the fact that I can still like catch up with you and talk to you like makes me happy or like anybody who maybe had a negative experience on second floor even though I don't feel like I take all responsibility for everything that happened on second floor I know that I was one of those people so it's like this dual you were talking so fucking fast right there Megan I can wholeheartedly (laughs) say that I understood everything you just said and Mm -hmm. that you were not involved in anything negative that I experienced or like any negative feelings that I had whatsoever. It was definitely interactions with like a select few people um, Mm -hmm. and like just two really bad moments that I like hate thinking about. Um, And Mm. one of them kind of came up the other day. Like, remember when we did um, that, that, what was we had to decorate jars with roger and then we had to write Uh notes and put them in the jars yeah and i found it when i was moving i moved blake into this apartment and so i was like going through stuff trying to get rid of things and i opened up the jar and i just remember the first time i read it where every single note said i didn't like you at first but you're pretty and i was like that's all the nice thing you could say to put in my (laughs) jar that's actually that's something nobody thinks about that you're putting a nice comment in the jar but you're also putting a negative one and then for every single one to say that it's just like i think that's like double negative yeah that's like something people don't realize yeah Yeah. and that's not something anyone was trying to be rude they were trying to say like i like you now and you're pretty but the way it's phrased to say like i didn't like you at first but you're pretty like wow okay yeah. that's interesting <laughs> yeah that I no, that definitely I would have been so like annoyed and frustrated by that yeah. and at the time definitely upset that sucks that like genuinely sucks yeah Ugh. but it's not like someone is purposely trying to hurt my feelings or do anything rude and that's also a symptom of me is I'm a super big overthinker I will like go home and be sick to my stomach for hours about an interaction that happened. And I'm like, did I say the wrong thing? Did I do the wrong thing? Right. Was I right? Was I wrong? How are they feeling? And I know sitting on the couch feeling bad about it, that they are hundred percent not thinking about it the way I am, but I'm going to feel <laughs> sick about it. And so it's like having to correct myself and saying like, it doesn't matter. It's not important. They didn't like hate you. They weren't trying to hurt your feelings. It just happened. Right. And we move on. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure a lot of that anxiety around it stems from the negative interactions, specifically with girls you said growing mm-hmm. up. Because I'm sh- Yeah, I mean, if a girl throws I- a notebook at you and tells you to die, it's going to kind of live with you for the rest of your <laughs> life. 
Was that in college or middle school? That was middle school. That was the eighth grade. Okay. I sure <laughs> college You're like, like, I wanted to make sure. No, college was more like, um, I was, I remember being in downtown. We went downtown with the girls and um, Anthony. And you weren't there. Neither of you guys were there. It was like me, Anthony, and a couple other girls from the floor. And we were all in Forever 21. And they were like, oh, we want to go check out the skateboard shop. And I said, I don't really want to, I'm not into skateboards. I'm going to stay here for a little bit with Anthony. And so I stayed mm-hmm. and then I turned around and Anthony was gone. And I was like, oh, he must've gone to the skateboard shop too. Well, now I'm by myself. So then I left and I was like, found them. And then I get up to them and they don't realize I'm behind them. And they were like, I don't know why she's here. She does. She think we like her. Oh. And it was like, but, but I invited you. If you didn't mm-hmm. want to, if you don't like me, then why did you come? What do you mean? Why is she here? I planned this right. thing. And so I immediately just turned around and went to the bus stop. And Anthony realized it was there and he turned around and went to the bus stop with me. And it was just like, okay, Good. that's it. I'm going into my shell. I'm not going to stay in my room and I'm not going to interact because something negative right. is happening and I don't want to like continue to feel badly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just little moments like that, that it's like, it's hard in our brains. We're going to weigh the negative things a lot more heavily than the positive things, even though there were mm-hmm. way more positive moments that happened it's the negative ones that stick with us the strongest and so it's like having to mentally remind myself that that there were not that many negative things that happened yeah but you're still valid in feeling shitty about the negative ones for the record yeah Yeah. I'm a big like don't don't necessarily dwell on bad things Mm -hmm. in your life but like also feel them like you're still allowed to feel them you know (sighs) but anyway can I follow up with something oh sure um, talking about this whole like positives and the negatives yesterday in my, in my classes, we had a, like a do now at the beginning of the period and it was one rose for the week, one thorn mm-hmm. for the week. And we do pits and peaks. Pits and peaks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Roses and thorns, the same type of thing. Um, and it was just cool hearing the kids like talk about their roses and then talk about their thorns. And I just kept reemphasizing like, yeah. You know, it's important to recognize your thorns, but also to focus on your roses. And it was just really cool because I don't remember having interactions like that at that age. With adults. Yeah. yeah. You know, in middle school, like. It's something you have to, like, it's something that's been being pushed a lot more in schools. Um, and I think it's a really positive movement to be having mental health brought into the classroom at a younger age and starting to have these active thinking activities um yeah and I I always love doing roses and thorns with my students because I always say like there's more roses on or there's more thorns on the bush but what do you see first you see the roses and that's what you just need Mm. to keep reminding yourself that when you look at the rose bush you're going to see the flowers first not the thorns the thorns are going to be underneath but what rises to the top is always the flower um Mm -hmm. so (laughs) that's what I like to think about Um, I'm stealing that shit (laughs) I'm stealing that (laughs) <laughs> you can take it you can have it I didn't copyright it <laughs> oh yeah so um I wanted I do want to talk about teaching and that was probably a natural transition but I do want to talk about you kind of being a badass throughout college too since we started that college. also contributed to me not having like super close connections with people um because uh-huh. I was just so go 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 I knew yeah I was telling John that the other day because he was talking about the TEP program I'm like yeah dude Megan did that shit while working like 45 hours a week at Wahoo's and, and like, full time. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I went to college, I knew right off the bat, I don't have the money to be here for four years. I need to get out as quickly as I can. 
Um, and I went in with a whole year of college done from high school from my AP courses mm-hmm. and different things. So I a four point five. I had a five point oh my senior year. Oh yeah, that's where the five. Yeah, was. I had a four. I had a oh, five point oh my is, senior year, and then my cumulative was a four point eight. Yeah, they sound real. She had it a 5.0. Well, because if you <laughs> take six AP classes and you have an A in every single one, then you have a 5.0. How did you have that many AP classes offered at your high school? That's awesome. Well, I, I took a, I took six. Six AP classes over the course of three years. Yeah, I took one, three, one. So that was, one, that three, was six. I took one AP my sophomore year, and then I took yeah, two be. APs my junior year, and then I took six my senior year. Oh, you took yeah eight. eight total, but I had six AP classes in just my senior year. Every period was AP. It was AP French, AP Calc, AP Government, um, AP English, AP French. I already said French, right? Oh, AP Environmental mm-hmm. Science, yeah. and then I had AP Art. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. She had a five point and then she went to UCSB on. I wanted to be an art, an art major. You wanted to for the first class and then you were like psych i i thought i loved it i love that you wanted to be an art major but i was also like well you really could get into like any major at the school that you really wanted yeah i kind of had a i had a strategy without knowing i had a strategy is if you apply as an art major you're going to get in anywhere because the art majors yes. traditionally don't have that high of gpa or anything so they're gonna be like oh yeah you're yes. a great fit we'll take you and then you switch that's when why you get I, there. I thought it was ironic um I wanted to be an art major. I loved art. I loved art history. Um, and I liked my first class. But I realized very early on that in order to be an art major, you have to take four or five hour long classes, studio art classes, where you mm-hmm. just sit in a chair and paint mm-hmm. for five hours. You just sit and mold stuff for five hours. So there was no way I was going to be able to work and do five hour long classes at the same time, just so that I could mm-hmm. have a degree that I can't really use anywhere. Like, it's so hard mm-hmm, to be a professional mm-hmm. artist. Like, what's the point? You just become an artist. You don't get a degree to become an artist. Like, you just post right. stuff online and you become an artist. So I switched it up. I went for communication with an art history minor because I still wanted to have that artistic side. Um, so I ended up with a bachelor's in communication with minors in education and art history. And it was in my started doing the education minor it was only five classes so I knew I could handle it um and so I started doing the minor and that had me I was tutoring at Harding Elementary and then Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was also um tutoring at Jos Pueblos High School while I was coaching there that's how I got the coaching job because I was tutoring some kids and they were like you seem like you're into sports what did you do and I said I ran track I was a hurdler and they said all right we don't have one do you want to coach and it was from the kids and so I just sent an email to Molkoy Love and that. I was like, hey, Mokoy, you don't know me, but the kid said you need a hurdle coach. I would love to hurdle to coach hurdles, and uh, I'll do it for free. And he was like, yes. Mm-hmm. We'll take you. If you're going to do it for free, we'll take you. So then that's how I, I kind of got set up there. Love so then I was – I always set up my classes. So I was going to class from 8 a.m. until 1 p.m., and then I worked at Wahoo's from 2 to 7 o'clock at night. And that was if I wasn't – gonna do like the concerts at night sometime I was working from like two in the afternoon to one in the morning two in the morning um and then two days a week I tried to change up my schedule so I could go coach from one to three thirty, and then I went straight from coaching to Wahoo so I was like class coaching work just straight through it was like 15 16 hour days but I got it done 
that's it's just like actually crazy and then she also is like working out regularly and looks fabulous with the like side notes but like really though you work really hard and that's that's something that I always like whenever I don't know you get brought up in conversation I'm like she's a badass and works so hard for everything she does like and that's just to so much credit to you because you have a lot and I think right now at, you're like 24 right now right you're 24 oh yeah birthday a couple months ago um Still, 24 or our early 20s, I think you've done so much. And I just think that's really amazing. And it's, you know. It's impressive. It's like yeah. all work. Like, it's all yeah. work. Which is so cool. I'm very much like, just go, like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? I can't just be idle right. in my life. I have to have something I'm working towards at all times. Um, and I've always been, like, super nerdy. I love reading and I love having projects. Um, I hate, the one thing I hate about teaching is summer break. I get so bored that I have like two months and I'm like, what am I going to do with these two months? Like I need to do something with my hands. I, know, go I need to build something. I need to color. I need, I need something to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it kind of ended up that I graduated with my bachelor's and within a week I was starting my master's and I was like, okay, let's go. And I think yes. that's really when were... I developed as a person was that year. That's I think awesome. um, I started interacting exciting. with you guys a lot more that year when I was working on my master's and I mm-hmm. actually, I had a lot more time to focus on relationships and I kind of had this idea of going into my master's like this is my last year of college even if like I'm in my master's and everyone else is finishing their bachelor's like this right. is the time to do all those things in college I didn't do because I was like work 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 mm-hmm. which got a little risky right. at the end at the end it was a little sketch <laughs> there were a couple nights where I was like out till three in the morning and then I went home and I had to get up at six and go teach and I was like okay this is I think I remember, I think I remember this, Megan, this like, no, but I'm going to make time and prioritize these social, these social opportunities too. Yeah. It was definitely like, okay, we're going to go on, on the bus downtown. And I was like, I have to teach first period tomorrow. Okay, let's do it. Like, let's get dressed up and go. It was more like, stop trying to make the best and smartest decision. Cause that's all I ever did. I was like, live life a little bit on the wild side, just for one year. Um, and it mm-hmm. was a really fun year. I made a lot of mistakes that year, but also there was a chance to make before. And so, and that coincided with like me not being in a relationship anymore and me knowing I was going to move away. Like that year had so many changes and I was just like, stop thinking and just do for a year. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I look back on it now and I'm like, oh God, did I do that? Like, did I really <laughs> but did what's I make awesome, that decision? What's awesome? You had your bucket year while also securing your master's at the same time right. which is awesome like it's not like you had your bucket year and then you're like figuring out post-grad stuff you already like did post-grad stuff right. yeah <laughs> I was like okay let's have fun well and also in my grad program there was one other person who was also 21 like I turned 21 the day before my student teaching placement began so I didn't even get to right. have like a crazy 21st because I had to go to work the next day mm-hmm. and like be in front of the class um Right. And so I didn't really connect with a lot of the people in my classes because they're all like, oh, yeah, it's my second career. I'm 35 and I've decided to go back to school and become a teacher or, or like I'm 28 and I've decided this is what I want to do. And so it was hard to make those connections with my classmates. You're totally different. Yeah, we're in totally life. different places. Yeah. So I did I did come out of that program with one amazing friend, Dana, and she's a teacher down in Los Angeles. Um, but other than that, I was like, I need to interact with people my age. And so I had, like, mm-hmm. I felt like I was real-life Miley Cyrus. Like, I had I had <laughs> one life, and then I had another life, and they were just separate. Like, none of my friends from either group interacted. Nothing overlapped. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Right. But I'm sure that was more prominent because the one half was like still college group. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's definitely something going into like post-grad for me and like working and stuff like that. Like those relationships, whether they be like my like friends I met like after college or like my girlfriend's friends from work or whatever, like those worlds intertwining is like a weird thing. Yeah. It's kind of weird. But I like it. Yeah, I love because I'm I'm the same way. I have so many different like factions of friends, and I love events that bring them all together. Bring them together because it's so interesting to see like friends of different factions interact with each other. Mm -hmm. Like when we did like the Thanksgiving thing last year, we had a Thanksgiving like like event, and I like invited my coworkers and like some of Squad and. Like just and I think my I don't know I don't think I invited. I, I can't remember who was there. Yeah, but it was just weird seeing just like how people interacted because like you all know each other, like you all know me and know of each other, but you don't but know know each them other. Interact with yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's also fun and, like, we've seen when that people with... from work and like people from your your personal life and seeing them like change outfits too. I have that when I see coworkers in <laughs> yeah. like regular clothes. I'm like, what are you wearing? You look 10 years younger. <laughs> yes. I've talked to you about this before, Megan, because I was like, you started that Instagram page. What's it called? Uh, lesson plans and less and yeah. Lesson plans and leopard print. Leo- yeah. And leopard print. Yeah. Loved it. Well, I just love the whole idea about it because I had such a weird period um, where I was like, you know, developing a professional, I don't know, persona, personality mm-hmm. person um, in this community. And, like, I didn't feel comfortable, like, necessarily going out on the weekends and, like, cut off shorts and, t- and like, a tube top or tank top or whatever. Like, You're I like, what like, if my students What if I run into my coworkers? family? Yeah. Which is why I live right with my summer But, like, I remember that. Be- like, it was such a weird thing because I'm also, like, I'm 23, 24, 25 years old. Like, you have I a still, right. I still want to wear crop yeah. Like, I still, like, love my body. Um, hopefully I'll have my body for a long time, but like I want to be mm-hmm. able to wear what I want to wear. And so there's definitely been like a weird transition um like into that and feeling comfortable with that and, and like trying to separate um those two. And I thought that like that Instagram page you made was very similar along those lines. Yeah, I definitely have a lot more moments now where it's like, oh, I want to go shopping. I want a new dress for this event. Um, I'm very much like I do not repeat outfits. That's like I cannot repeat outfits. I cannot have photos taken in the same outfit multiple times. Or if I'm going to wear the same thing, like the photos need to be really far apart on the Instagram feed. Like I'm super yeah. crazy about that. And I take a lot of pride in being able to change things up. And that's because when I was student teaching, I wore an outfit. And I think it was like three weeks apart. And one of my students was like, Miss Coda, you wore that already. And I was like, oh, oh my, my God. God. They like you forget that there's like a hundred of them but there's one of you right and they're gonna notice every little thing like if I change my nail polish color they're like oh I see you changed it up interesting at one point they were counting how many pairs of shoes I had they wanted to see how many days I could go without wearing the same pair of shoes they were just like they notice every tiny little thing they'll be like did you change your hair What's wrong with your makeup today? What's going on? You look tired. And it's like, I just wore less mascara. Can you stop, like, making me feel bad? Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> especially middle schoolers I was teaching seventh graders and so they're just like zoning in they like eagle eye they notice every little detail um and so I've had a lot mm-hmm. more moments now going out and shopping um and I'm in an H&M or something and I'm like this is really cute but I can't wear it to work or this is really cute for work mm-hmm. but would I wear it in my outside life like I need to find things that I can wear for both that way I'm not spending a ton of money on two different wardrobes it's got to have like, right. I have to be able, if I'm going to wear something like I have right now, it's like off the shoulder. I need to be able to justify that I'm going to wear it multiple times because I cannot wear it to work. And so it makes it really right. difficult right. when you are shopping and choosing what you're wearing. And it's my first year or when I was student teaching, I definitely was like overdressed for work just to help like push that professionalism aspect. Um, Cause you're 21. 21. And, I mean, yeah, and yeah. you're working at a high school. Like, you know how fucking hard that is for high school kids to a have 20, Megan come yes. into their class yeah. at 20, 21 yeah. years old? Like, that's not a walk in the yes. park for them. Like, they're going to notice your nail color. It was and such all a challenge. That. And it was, it was even difficult, like, interactions with coworkers. Um, and it was also, like, my mom was a teacher, and I grew up, like, seeing her get dressed in the morning. And I actually had fun, like, picking out outfits for her and making her feel, like, fashionable. Mm-hmm but also professional. And at my high school and like down in Southern California, teachers wear like a suit that the female teachers wear a nice dress. They wear heels. They're like very professional. And then for me to start teaching or student teaching in Santa Barbara, where professional is flip flops with a collared shirt. It's like, it was very difficult <laughs> for me. I felt like I was constantly overdressed and I was like, but where I'm from, like I'm dressed appropriately and you're not dressed appropriately. And it was really difficult right. like, trying to navigate because as a student teacher, they tell you to dress nicer than you would normally. Um, in TEP, you're going to find this out, John, is they, they said like strictly no jeans. You cannot wear jeans. I don't care what color they are. You cannot wear jeans ever. And so then that makes it really difficult if you're a woman. So it's like you have to wear a dress or a skirt or slacks every single day. And then that even immediately takes you like up a couple notches of how fancy you look. And it was super weird. Right. Right. Yeah, and that's straight up, that is the difference, is there requires so much creativity to dress mm-hmm. as a woman. Like, literally, all I have, like, 25 tank top, uh, not tank top, yep. short sleeve collared shirts. And that's and fine. They're graphic, just, they're cute all, ones. Yeah, though. They're like, they got designs, you know, they're cute, whatever, but they have a collar. Some of them are more professional than others, but they're on a never-ending cycle. Yep. They will be rotated through constantly and i have so many once in a while long sleeve and, and easy. pants like running shorts or whatever so it's it's so much easier well it's easier than for girls to like megan is saying like either over or under dress because of the variability of clothes like the mm-hmm. more considerations makes it like it's just a lot more nuanced yeah. for females. Yeah. Which is fine. Like, part of it's fun. Like, sometimes it's, like, fun to figure that shit out and, like, be proud of, like, how you present yourself. Um, yeah. It can definitely be stressful. And especially, like, I experienced at least, like, throughout my beginning of, like, my professional career, you know? Yeah. To comp- That's why I'm very thankful for the t-shirt under a blazer trend right now. Because that makes yes. it very easy. To just put on some nice jeans, a t-shirt, and then you throw on a blazer and you look 10 notches fancier. It's true. Even though you're still just in a t-shirt and some <laughs> jeans. And also, 
as a teacher, you got to be ready to handle anything. <laughs> like, you do not know what's going to happen. I, I very vividly remember. John, I don't know if you've been to Santa Barbara Junior High up on that second floor. I have not. Okay. up That building was built in 1940. It's um, awesome. And it is it's original. It is a historic it's building. Yes. Yeah. And it has, like, a tower and everything. It's a historic building downtown Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Um. And I remember there's these big, huge windows that slide upward to open. There's no air conditioning. And I turned around one time and I turned back around. And there's a kid halfway out the window on the second floor. And it's like, you've got to be ready to handle <laughs> anything at any moment. Oh my so I go and I handle the kid and I'm like, get out. Like, what are you doing? You're going to die. You cannot jump out the window right now. And it turns out like someone had thrown his toy out the window. And so he like went after it. Like, dude, you can't dive after it. And while I'm handling this, I turn around and there's a kid and they had, we had these experimental rolly chairs and he's like rolling it down the hallways in the middle of the building. It's just like, you can't, you have to be ready. So you can't be super fancy because you got to be able to run. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to handle anything. At you got to be active. Be able to yeah. be active. If there's an earthquake drill, you will not see me out there with my stilettos poking through the grass. Like, as I'm trying to look fancy, but also handle an earthquake drill. It's just not plausible. <laughs> She's like, I very much appreciate the jeans and t-shirt situation. Yeah. Jeans and a t-shirt with a nice pair of shoes, and we're good. Yeah. It's a good move. I need more blazers, for sure. John's like, I did not realize how I, difficult it is to I be know, girl. I'm like, shit. Because <laughs> literally, I mean, even, like, all guys' shoes are the same. Yeah. Like, even if you uh, wear dress shoes, like, anything that I can do in normal shoes, I could, could do in dress shoes a little more warily, you know? Like, they're a little slicker. Yeah. But other than that, like, bit. it's just, yeah, it's the same thing. There's, what, maybe a little bit inch of a heel. Oh, I was so annoyed, because at first, when I was like, I got to step up my professional shoe game, I went and got, like, flats from Old Navy, which, nothing as Old Navy, but, like, they definitely killed my heels because they're cheaper. And so then I was with my mom one time. She's like, we need you to get like some nice ones. I'm going to go get these for you. One second. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then we've got some Steve Madden. Look how cute these are. First of all. Yeah. Super cute. Little leopard. But I want to show you in the heel, there's a little elastic. To so make sure point- it doesn't slip. So it doesn't slip. But then also the like, it doesn't have to be as pointed, which mm-hmm. is what kills your heels. Yeah. These gave me the worst blisters. And so I was like, I bought the nicer flats so this wouldn't happen. And then thankfully, oh my gosh, never mind. I was just going to say, thankfully, um, stay-at-home order happened and I didn't have to wear them anymore. But it was like right before COVID hit that I, I couldn't wear shoes. I got a off. little <laughs> trick. When you get new shoes, take a nail file and uh-huh. file the heel because then it makes the rough fabric really soft and fray like right here yeah it'll fray it down so that it's like fuzzy and so it doesn't like cut into your skin as much nice. also put the band-aid on the inside of the shoe instead of on your heel that's a good idea does it not come off that way yeah okay i was just so annoyed Six i was like i specifically <laughs> bought nicer shoes because i thought they would like i i didn't want to hurt myself but are you a I, shoe I, dazzle I, person have you used shoe dazzle no, but I think you're the one, you're one of the people who's talk, told me about it. I cannot get enough of Shoe Dazzle. I think it's an amazing thing. They have such a great choice of shoes. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, is, this it's, a, is this a company? Is this a... It's a company, and it's kind of like Fabletics, where they, like, 
charge you each month and or they send you a pair of shoes each month whatever you choose but you can go in and skip um I think I've skipped like seven months in a row now so you just have to like mm-hmm. remember I kind of have an alarm and it's like okay go skip Fabletics skip Shoe Dazzle skip right. Wink like skip these things um, right and so it, it makes it really nice to be able to giant. get shoes at a cheaper price and they're comfier nice okay I might look into that when I need to wear shoes again but yeah, that, the, shoes, the shoes was like the one thing that wasn't as professional on me. I would be like looking cute and then I would be like, but Birkenstocks. <laughs> and I feel like Birks aren't even not professional looking, you know? Mine, like are, more, mine are pretty run down. It's like the more professional range. It's like Friday spirit day shoe attire. You right. can wear like your school shirt and some pants, jeans and wear some Birks. Right. But also I don't have to be so professional all the time because I typically am like at a park at some point in the day uh-huh. or, like, and then you're getting dirt in the sandals right and so like it needs to be like i don't want to wear flats there actually sometimes i would, I would just bring a paint, change pair of shoes but yeah oh, it's just so just difficult. bring a pair of converse or some vans and keep it in your right. car and just slip them on when you need to yeah i exactly. do the same thing i wear two outfits a day i go through so much laundry because i have to have like a professional outfit for teaching and then i go to, to cross-country practice and there are a lot of older teachers or male teachers who can get away with wearing their workout attire to teach in, but I just cannot. I'm not going to risk no. wearing leggings in front of my my students. So it's like you gotta no you gotta leggings. wear your professional clothes and you gotta change in the bathroom and go to cross country and or track and it's oh, but like, that's like you're legit in high school again. Changing in stalls was like the worst thing. Well, luckily I get to use the teacher bathroom now. Whew, okay. Fancy, <laughs> but yeah, still there's so no shelf sense. or anything to put your clothes on as you're changing. So you're like holding it up while holding the other one, and right, and like stepping on your shoes so you don't have to like put your feet on the bare floor. Bare yeah. Although right now because of COVID, the bathroom gets cleaned every four hours, so it's like the most sanitary it's ever been. Although True. when it's a teacher bathroom, you have to share it with the male teachers, so it's not as clean mm. as it would be if it was like female teachers and the male True. teachers. But it's still cleaner than a student bathroom. Yes. Yes, yeah. I would probably agree. It's You know, it's rough, babe. Yeah, I'm just over here enjoying my my male lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started on having to, like, sneak a tampon out of your desk before you go to the bathroom to, like, walk past all the students to get to the bathroom yeah. so that they don't know what you have in your pocket or what you just took out of your desk. Right. Uh, <laughs> Things you don't think rest. about things you don't think about I don't when you're gonna spend (laughs) I mean I spend 12 hours of work a day I leave from my house at 6 30 in the morning I get back at 6 30 at night so it's like I gotta be ready for anything at work that's like I spend more time there than I do my own home it's like an extension of my home my classroom is like my space so Mm -hmm. yeah there's an amazing number of things I have in there I never thought I would need like an extra deodorant um an extra pair of Mm -hmm. socks a change of shoes like a stash of extra food that they don't know about (laughs) <laughs> yeah has has that been easier during like covid and being zoomed for class like do you have more freedom in your classroom where you don't have to hide it's easier to hide things because you just have to hide from the screen yeah um i definitely think it's been difficult like figuring out a balance with zoom and like my classroom because so much of my personality and like my welcomeness is I show love by like putting time and effort into things. And so I spend a ton of time making my classroom like a very welcoming space. Right. And so it's hard mm-hmm. when it's like, how do you show your personality 
when they can't see my clothing? How do you show your personality when you can't show your decoration of your classroom? Like, how do you right. make them feel that, that you care about them? And so I've ended up just channeling that into like Zoom backgrounds. Um, so right now there's like Halloween and like leaves and like pumpkins and all kinds of stuff. Um, so it's more like my classroom has become a drop zone because they don't see a lot of what's there. Um, there's just random stuff on every table. But also I've had a ton of time to like really, it's just me in my classroom for hours at a time. So it's like, okay, what could I change? What's wrong here? What, what needs to be moved? Or like noticing things. Um, the other day I noticed like a little blue thing on top of the exit sign. And I was like, did someone stick gum up there? Like what's going on? So I pulled the desk out and I st- stand on the desk and I grab it. and It's kind of sticky. And I'm like, oh God, it's gum. Oh God. And I grabbed it down and it was a blue Sour Patch Kid. And I got this like instant memory of last year I had these kids where every time I was gone, they hated that I had a sub a lot because I was gone for sports. They would hide a Sour Patch Kid somewhere in the room for me to find. And it was one that I didn't find until like four months later because I hadn't, no one had been in there since March. And I was like immediately like, oh my gosh, I miss them. And then I was also like, you, those jerks, they put it somewhere for yeah. to find. It's there's like blue goo coming down the emergency exit sign. It was so funny. I was like, I love you and I hate you at the same time. Why did you do this? That's hilarious. But it's those that things so- I've been able to notice now that I'm in my classroom by myself for hours a day. It's currently under remodel. I have like taken down all the decorations and put new decorations up. I'm kind of changing up the vibes. Yeah. But also teachers are in my district are required to be on campus Monday and then one other day of the week. And then every other day is our choice. Um, but mm-hmm. I have to be there to coach anyway. So I go every single day. So as one of the mm-hmm. only reliable teachers out of 26 in the English department, my classroom has become a very much of a drop zone. Like whatever gets delivered gets put in my room. Whatever needs a home gets put in my classroom because the other teachers aren't right. there to take them. So yeah. it's very like a skew. And then by my desk, it's very organized and looks beautiful just for the kids. Yeah, just for, that's real. Like, I just have my little corner of my bedroom that has a blank wall. That is literally, like, the epitome of teaching is just, like, putting up a front. Yep. <laughs> no, it's just the epitome the of Zoom. Like, Zoom school and that's Zoom it. programs. That's just how it all is. We all yeah. are, like... I'm also very much of a mover. Like, I, I teach and I talk with my hands and I move around. There have been many times I, like, stand on a desk while I'm teaching to demonstrate a point. Or I'll, like, chuck an object across the room to demonstrate a point. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very much in your face when I'm teaching, but it's been hard when it's on zoom. So I use, I have a podium that like sco- goes up or down. It's kind of like a standing desk, but smaller. And so I just yeah. I have that as my zoom. That way I can push it far away from a wall and then I can move, stand back. I can move closer. I can move around. I can move to the right, to the left. Right. Um, and I have like all these objects on the side table next to me that I like, if I need anything, it's right there. And then also mm-hmm. make sure that I'm not sitting still. For hours. Yeah. I sit still for hours and hours and hours. Like yeah. Time. I have my Fitbit normally. And then I also, the last 10 minutes of every hour, I get up and I just do laps around my classroom for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, you're smart. Um, and that gets me a lot of steps. It gets me like, I think a thousand steps an hour. Nice. Yeah. Wait, thousand steps an yeah. hour? Your 10 minutes gives you a thousand steps? 10 minutes yeah, of walking? 10 minutes of walking. That sounds about right. Wow. That that's 100 really? steps a minute. Wow. Yeah, that's... Keep, keep 
keep making the math smaller. It's like almost two steps a second, which is if you were walking yeah. normal. Wow, that makes so much sense. That's why cool. the, the standard like, oh, 10,000 steps a day makes you healthy is not actually a very good metric because that means you literally just like need to move ch- for what, like an hour and a half a day. If you yeah, walk well, for an hour and a half and then you don't quarantine. move ever again for the rest of the day, you're healthy. Yeah. Yeah, Brittany needs that, though. I am still in my, like, COVID funk. I would love to have like, an office to myself. We're taking 38 steps. Like- <laughs> I would love to, ha- like, like have a space to go to to work. That's also why point. I'm choosing to go Zoom at work every single day. It's right. like, Blake is currently working on his degree and so he needs to be able to zoom and have his space and I've done it a couple times where like my car was in the shop and I taught from home but it's like I can hear his teacher and he can hear me teaching and then we're slowing down the wi-fi and don't even get me started on the cat just like yeah I, oh my god oh, trust, the kitten trust. was like scaling my leg like just latches into your and just like climbs you and I'm trying to teach her I'm like ow yeah ow 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 and they're just like what is wrong with you like what is going on like yes. don't worry it's, it's fine I'm not being abused or anything oh it's just like this no, is normal I just snatch him up and be like I'm a cat yeah <laughs> or sometimes I'll do I'll be like hold on my I need to like pause my cats are like fighting or someone's like going crazy I won't do that all the time but if I'm if I have like the right people, I'm like, yeah, give me a second, let me handle this stuff. Because we're that's how we are. We're in two separate rooms, and we both also don't love like headphones. <laughs> so, uh, which is probably not awesome. We should probably have. I don't like them either. They hurt. Do, but for our like for like our kids, we should probably be more private for their sake. But we're not, and so um, and and then also the kitten and the cats, we have to like separate them sometimes. And so I'll take a shift with the kitten when I don't have a Zoom call. Um, but he does, so he doesn't have, like, the crazy thing. It's, like, it's a lot. But I do, like, I would love somewhere to go. Like, yeah. I would, I miss my commute, my 15-minute commute mm-hmm. a lot. Like, just driving. The radio. Yeah, the radio and just driving. The other day we were driving downtown. But that's also, like. But, you know, they said that uh, it, it's actually good to get back into that routine, not only for you, but for your pets. Is like, even if you're just yeah. staying home to work, get up, get dressed feed them at the same time you normally do and then leave and drive for 10, 15 minutes. Just like, just have a little route and do a little loop. And that gives you your yeah. sanity and your wake up time. I mean, I live 30 minutes from work right. and it's amazing in the mornings to have 30 minutes to just like wake up, take a nice chill Listen drive to, to watch the sunrise. <laughs> vacation. Like there's nothing better than that. I remember driving from, from IV down to uh, Santa Barbara junior high and I would get off and go past SVCC so I could just drive along the beach and I would take the long way to work. Oh, yeah, so you I could take get a drive. little bit extra time to me and like get a little bit more time to like finish that song I really wanted to listen to or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I miss that a lot. Maybe I would. That would be actually kind of a smart idea. Right now, I'm just like, I'm just like having lazy mornings. Mm. But like at this point, like at this point, far enough to COVID, like I need more. Yeah, sure. That's how I was when quarantine hit with us too. It's I was like, I was waking up. It's, I can't sleep in past seven 30 for the life of me. Cause my, on a work day, my alarm mm-hmm. goes off at four 45, 5am. And so seven 30 mm-hmm. is like two hours oh. after I normally get up. So I get up at seven 30. Um, and I was right. getting up and then I would like make my breakfast. I would drink coffee, watch the news. I would like do some emails, do some sort of work. And then it was like every day at four o'clock, I went on a run. Cause that's when I would normally do my workout with the kids. And I was like trying to keep a similar workout schedule. I cannot work out in the mornings. 
because my body's like, we don't work out till four. Like that's when practice is. We work out at four. We're not doing anything till then. Um, And I had to keep some sort of rhythm. And also the cats were like, "Um, mom, it's 6.30. Why are you not awake? The food bowl is empty. Can you get up? Mm, That's so funny. Our cats don't. Well, our cats have um, open dry food all the time because they monitor their food Mm. just fine. Um, But the kitten wants his half a can. Right now, it's only half a can um, at, like, sometime between 8.30 and 9 in the morning. So, that definitely does need to happen. And that does. That's pretty regular. Yeah. We, we throw him out in the middle of the night all the time because he's just, like, he's so crazy. terrorizing us in our sleep. Yeah. He's biting everything. Mine is the same way. He bites everything. We started spraying him with water. And I don't like it. But they all. need it. I think. They need it. Yeah. He's scared. Noodle is a pain in the butt right now. His name is Noodle. We we came up. Yeah. Noodle. Trying to find a name that went with Georgie. We were like trying to find something that rhymed with Georgie. And then we were like calling him Noodle. Like I was just calling him my Noodle because he would flop and he would just kind of like lay. (laughs) And he was like a little noodle. He was super bendy. And then we were like, wouldn't it be funny if one cat has like a super fancy Georgie and then the other one's Noodle? Like that's Mm -hmm. just such a funny comparison. So we settled That's on noodles, cute. but he is, like, he needs to nuzzle. He's really young, and so he wants to, like, suckle on mom. And so he nuzzles into my mm-hmm. neck, and then he'll, like, start biting my earlobe while I'm sleeping. And he likes to sleep under the yeah. covers. Um, he, like, needs to be with you at all times. For the first week, he had to, like, be on my shoulder or my chest while I was doing makeup. So I was, like, doing this while I was, like, doing my makeup <laughs> in the morning, trying to hold him on my shoulder. It was so difficult. He's a pain. But now he's taking a nap, thank God. And Georgie's probably happy to have her safety, private time. They are so cute. Yeah, okay, how, I'm glad to know that your, this is very similar. How is your cat-to-cat dynamic? Are they... That was him yesterday. <laughs> he's the cutest when he's asleep. Yeah. We say right? that when Georgie does that, we say she's showing her yoni. Because that's what that word is. <laughs> um, but she, like, when it got hot <laughs> up here, it was like 102 last week. They just, like, all lay with, like, their junk out to the world. And we have the window perch. Yes. So they'll lay on the window with, like, their junk pressed against the window for the whole neighborhood to see as they drive <laughs> by. Be cool. Like, you guys. You must be, like, you need cool. privacy. Like, stop showing your yoni to the world. But that's... <laughs> Max does the same thing. He, like, lays on his back it's and like, just, yeah, like... Yeah, look at it. Legs it's like, like a sign of dominance. Like, like, yeah, look at it. Chair. Look at yeah. it. Just, like... Here's here I am. In all <laughs> his at my glory. belly. <laughs> yeah. Um, our cat to cat dynamic is pretty good. I had oh, 10, 11 cats growing up. And so I have introduced plenty of Ooh. cats to each other. Um, so I knew the whole process was like keep them in the bathroom. That's their space. Mm-hmm. And then they get to like interact underneath the door and then feed them at the same time next to the door. So they have to eat together at the same time and smell each other, but they're That's separated. And then my apartment is, like, a a square, and so there's, like, doorways that go to each one, Mm -hmm. but then the bathroom has two doors. So we would just switch Georgie into the bedroom, and then he would get to be out in the kitchen and the living room, and then we would put him back in the bathroom and let her out. And so they would have to start sharing the living room kitchen space, but then they each had their Mm -hmm. own room. Like, Georgie had the bedroom, and he had the bathroom. That was, like, their safe space where only their scent was. Um. Nice. And that was for maybe the first three or four days. And then we would let them out together during the daytime. And then at nighttime, we would keep them separate. And we just had them play at the same time in the same room. So they weren't playing together, but they were playing with their own favorite toys in the same room with like one Mm -hmm. of the parents. 
Um, and that seemed to work really well. It was Damn. like within a week. The first day was really rough because Georgie is a stray. I got her because I was coming back from a family trip and she was in my front parent, my parents' front yard. And I was like, well, she's cute. I'm taking her home. She doesn't have a home. She's a stray cat. So I just like picked her up and drove her <laughs> back to slow with me from Riverside. And she was mm-hmm. attacked by the neighborhood cats when she was little. So I just kind of mm. took her in and she hated cats. So the first day was rough. But yeah. the rest of it, like within a week, they were interacting. They, they don't care. Yeah. It took Mo and Max, I think, a little bit longer. But that's because Max, like, is, I think, ultra anxious. Like, he's, there There are times, like, if he's, like, kind of an anxious mood, like, the way you mm-hmm. move around him, like, needs to be very cautious and careful. Like, he's just more anxious than most cats I've known. And then Mo, on the other hand, and this probably is just a kitten thing, but he's, like, way over, like, doesn't know boundaries type of situation. No yes. idea of personal space whatsoever. None at all. And he's like, oh, you're taking a shit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, but, like, so, it just, like, wasn't the best match but it got better because we just started letting max like when they interact we started letting mm-hmm. max like hit him we were like he just needs they to learn he needs to understand and it's actually um, like a really positive thing to have popcorn yeah and they have fun now it's fun but like for a while it was like max was just hissing and mo like didn't get the hint he's like he needed to get slapped yeah. a little he, bit. he needed like actual punishment sadly but like um and that's kind of similar with the with the water spray is that he the just the learning of the different boundaries and what's okay. But what's so funny about the whole bathroom thing is that now like the bathroom is still Mo's place. So whenever we go potty, no matter where he is or what he's doing, he could be like dead ass asleep. Yeah. He's like, You're going to the bathroom? And then he's like over there and he's like rubbing on the yep. legs. He's like hi. <laughs> he's like asleep. Yep. I can't miss it. Every morning it. it's like it used yeah. to be I got up out of bed and Georgie would come and like rub on my legs while I'm going to the bathroom. Like her like good morning, now come feed yeah. me. And so now it's like I sit down to go to the bathroom and Noodle is on my lap and then she's rubbing on my legs. I'm like, do you want me to feed you or not? Like, you need to leave me alone. Like, get off (laughs) so I can move on with my morning. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mo straight up, like, trips me on the way out because usually we'll, like, kick him out at some point. And so he's like, this sounds really sad. So he's, like, sleeping by our door when I wake up. Um. And so I'm like, good morning. And he's like, he does that thing, like you said, he walks in between my legs. But it's like, I straight up, like, trip over him sometimes. But I'm like, I'm going to feed you. Just, like, yeah. walk with me. You're so much more confident than I am. I literally just walk, and he's just, just like, yep. boom, just boom, get kicked. boom. Every step, he's, like, getting kicked a little bit. <laughs> oh, he's so cute. Yeah, they're so cute. Having them play and seeing them interact and, like, lick each other. And, like, it's everything we wanted for Max. Which is why we got Mo. Like we wanted Max to have right. someone yeah. to interact with. And it's better right. to get a second cat and- when the first cat is as young as possible because they have a harder time adjusting when mm-hmm. they've been in that space for so long by themselves and when they've gotten older. So it definitely helped that Max yeah. came from a place where he was already interacting with other cats, so he knew how to interact. Right. Um, whereas Georgie did not. She like was terrified of other cats. So we knew we had to do it when she was young because she's about two and a half now. Um and luckily, Noodle came from a shelter. He came from the Humane Society. So he knew how to interact with cats. But where he was, it was like, play, 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 play. And she's like, if you're coming towards me, it means you're trying to kill me. You need to back up. And so it was. It, he had to learn right. that she's more cautious. And she had to learn that he's being playful. Yeah. Yeah. For Max, he was old. He was 
almost nine. We got him at, at eight. And we got him. We got him at eight. Nine now. Is he nine now? Um, and then also like we waited a while to get another cat for Max, partly because it took Max to a long time to adjust. Well, we thought like he was really chill at the beginning, and he was, but we didn't realize it was like later, like five months after we got him, that like I think we recognized such shift in mood, like. Like, where we thought he was, like, chill and calm before, he was, like, happy now, which was such an interesting thing to, like, realize. And so that was, like, good, I think, that, that we allowed for that bit to happen. But it's, it's like, still kind of a process every once in a while. But they love each other. I'd say they fight, like, 15, 10, And it's usually the kitten starting it Most and, like, not knowing. It's my, it's adult yes. cat time. You need to, it's, like, kids and adults. Although mine is kind of a teenager, right? And so, and she's a girl, so that makes it three times as difficult. Right. Female cats are like the worst. Um, yeah, yeah. Boys. That's why I had to get our, a boy. I was like, when we took no Max. Way I'm getting another girl kitten right now. Like it's gonna be <laughs> all the time. I grew up with girl cats, so when we went home in May to my parents' house, and we took Max with us because we were there from be there for like a month, month and a half. Um, like not like mm-hmm. it did not work at all <laughs> for like six weeks yeah. my cat my happy. two guests I and mean, they're both old they're like 11 and 12 and they're female and they're like who the fuck mm-hmm. are you dude um yeah when but, i visit my parents yeah. um in the past because my parents had four cats my oldest cat died last year um but they have three cats right now and so i would take georgie and she would just like have one room of the house luckily the house has Mm-hmm. three floors and then a basement so the cats mostly just like stayed downstairs and he had oh, his yeah. or her she had her room but now i have another cat and my sister has a cat and so it's like how are we going to keep all these cats separate plus my grandma has moved in with them because of covid and she has her two cats so we're talking mm-hmm. nine, 10 11 11 cats in a house it's a cat house you have to somehow keep them all separate cat house and not disrupt the right. cats who the house it is. Who are like, wait, why don't I get to right. go in this room anymore? What's wrong? Yeah. Right. Yeah. My grandma has 19 cats and 8 dogs. Yeah, that's a lot. Because she is a... She likes to rescue. Um, she's like me. I if I see a yeah, cat she's on the side a of the freeway, I slow down. And I think about pulling over. Mm-hmm. She's like me. Yeah, she she just takes cats and dogs from wherever, and she fosters kittens, and that's yeah, where we got most Yeah, I remember hearing from. that on the podcast. She's like fosters. Them. Yeah, sends them back, and the the cat dealer get finds them a home. But yeah, it's just crazy. Like visiting her is like you open the door and it's like rah, 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 with a bunch of dogs are going crazy because oh my god, there's something new happening. Right. And the cats have like a mm-hmm. she built a cattery on her patio. So, like, the back door to her bedroom, like, sliding glass door goes out into a giant enclosed like, and has, like, patio that has, like, yeah. all kinds of trees and, like, a bunch of food and all that. But she also, because she has 19 cats and she lives in a pretty rural area, she has, like, a mm-hmm. quarter of an acre in her backyard. So, she just, like, lets the cats basically be free reign. Like, they go and come as they please. They majority of them like use the bathroom out in the yard <laughs> and don't even like really use a litter box. So she's got a definitely a weird dynamic that is like she can't really watch and take care of 
all of the cats at once, but it's still better for them to have a place where they get fed and they get checked on if they have anything going on. But yeah, she's like the neighbor's dog has definitely like killed a couple of cats over the over the years because the cats Mm -hmm. get too close to the neighbor's yard and the dog goes into protection mode and it's like, "This is my yard. I'm going to protect." Right. Yeah, we had something like that when I was little in my my first house, um, where the cat like there was a neighbor's dog and his name was Zeus and he was this huge dog. And he, I grew up like on the edge of a nature preserve. So there were often coyotes and like bunny rabbits and things for him to right. catch. Um, and so he would go after my cats a right. lot of the time, but there was one time that he like totally switched. And it was when there was a coyote in my backyard and one of my cats was out and the coyote went after my cat and my cat jumped the edge of the yard and went into his like little area, Zeus's area. And Zeus totally went into protection mode of the cat and was like, I'm going to get the coyote. And it was like the weirdest thing ah! to see that normally he would go after the cat. And instead it was like, okay, we have a mutual enemy, this coyote. Like he was going to protect her. Yeah. And she, we were like blown away that she survived it. We were like, okay, she's dead. That there's no way she's coming out of Zeus's den alive. <laughs> but he went into total protection mode. Right. And it was really interesting to see that like when you're presented with a wild so animal, cool. the domestics are going to fight back. <laughs> right. Yes. That's really cool. Or yeah. just the bigger kill. Like, yeah, you know? would be too easy to get. I'm going to go for the more difficult one. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. really cool. I kind of love that, actually. That's cool. Okay, you did you have um, bulleted points you wanted to talk uh, about? Did we miss Not that? really, but we've I kind of saw you checking off stuff, so I'm sure you have a list of things. Yeah. We have a little check to make sure we Do we need to pause and restart? Okay. Nope, that stopped. We yeah, we found out that when we have someone else on and we have like the linked audio, it can, it can go for so hours. There's, no there's, yeah. there's, there's no hour So cap. I could order dinner and we could Yeah, just... there's no time limit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. I know. I love that she asked though. That's that's real right there. She's like, I'm a true listener. True. That yeah. means <laughs> I often get to that halfway point. That shows you I'm not just listening to the first couple of minutes. I get to the halfway point. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I get to the hour at least. Yeah. I love that. That's funny. Um, but I do want to talk about Blake and yes. kind of yeah. your guys' yeah, story. You guys don't know him. Yeah, house member. I yeah, really don't. Up, don't know Blake's him. one of those people. <laughs> Blake is one of those people um, who's like, like, obviously, I know you and I have a friendship and history and relationship with, um, but I don't know Blake, but Alyssa, like, has had interactions yeah. with Blake, Blake, and it's just, it's one of those connections that my, because my twin is dating one of our close friends that, like, my twin knows more yeah. than me, which is just, like, funny. Like, I told the story before of her, like, um, meeting people, like, my senior year when she was visiting Anthony. At one point, like, the following summer, I was introduced to someone from UCSB, and she's like, oh, you're Alyssa's twin. And I'm like, I go here. Like, yeah. <laughs> hold yeah. up. But, so, Blake's kind of, like, on that same level, because I've never really hung out with him. Yeah. I was actually texting Anthony yesterday, and we were kind of planning, like, some sort of date night between the two couples. Um, oh, fun. We just did that last night, where we uh, did a double date, and we all cooked the same meal. We were talking about, or at least Anthony and I, Blake and Alyssa are usually... Usually, actually, it's Alyssa and I planning stuff, and the boys don't have any idea. But this time, Anthony and I did it. We cool. were talking about doing a virtual wine tasting where we buy the same bottles and then we taste them together. Woo! That sounds um, so on your guys. You are more than welcome to come, and we can make it a trio. 
Oh, maybe. John and I are not wine tasters at this point. I have, like, a little bit of experience, but... I've been wine tasting one time, and I had a blast, but I wasn't for the wine. We just went. We went down to the tasting room <laughs> in, uh, in downtown Santa Barbara in Tonkstone, but... Um, yeah. I, Whereas I am a, kind of an alcoholic when it comes to wine. I'm wine tasting like every other weekend. That's what I was saying. Yeah. That's what happened. I'm just like, I grew up around wine. I love wine. It's, um, my dad has been a collector of wine since I was very, very little. When we went on family vacations, it was like, there was always at least one day where it was a wine tasting day. And it was like, we just put my sister and I just played in the parking lot and they were tasting wine. Um, and then now that they have their dream house, cause you know, we moved out. So they were like, Hey, selling the house, buying what we want. Oh, cool. Um, he's transformed his basement into a cellar and it has, I want to say close to a thousand bottles in it right now. Wow. Um, so he's a huge collector. And when we go to Europe, we're like going wine tasting at like some really old wineries that have existed for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like a family bonding thing. Like some families have cooking, some families have movie night. Right. Like our thing is wine. Um, and now my sister works in the wine industry and her boyfriend works in the wine industry. And so it. it's like every time they're up here, we're going and I have wine subscriptions and I have like different memberships in town. Like I am wine 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 i will not drink beer i will not drink cocktails i will not drink anything but wine and that is oh my, my thing <laughs> hey once you figure it out you know how your body responds to it you know what you like stick with it yeah That's- and i mean now my dad has my dad just started his own business where he has a wine school and he does like wine tasting classes and he teaches people how to taste the different things mm-hmm. um, and he's not affiliated with any winery so he's getting to like teach okay this is how you tell the difference between a cab and a merlot like let's do a whole class on it and so that kind of has allowed me to learn a lot more and be a lot more technical in my tasting and so now it's not like I'm drinking for the sake of drinking it's like oh I really want this bottle tonight like I cannot wait to see how it's changed in two months since I last tasted it Mm -hmm. I'm such a nerd about it that's cool though that's really really cool that's so it'd be fun to do a class with you guys and I I could kind of like teach you yeah that would be super cool yeah because anytime like, I'd say most of the times I've had wine, Anthony has been around, actually. Mm-hmm. And well, also a lot of it's with my family. So yeah, that's part that of also why. makes sense. Yeah, that's part of why. And Anthony has his palate, you know. He he knows what he's talking about, and he says the, the right words and all that shit. I'm like... For the record, we don't. I grew up I'm in like, a wine house, but we didn't necessarily, like, know a lot. This like, we're, one... We got good yeah, cheap white. Like, this one yeah. tastes red. <laughs> this one yeah. tastes white. Like, that's that's basically where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah, and I was kind of like that, too. Like, I could tell – I knew I liked whites. Whites are easy. They're, like, beginners. Um, but I couldn't tell the difference between different white wines. Mm-hmm. Um, and then red wines, I could tell differences, but I didn't know what was causing that difference. Like, I didn't know right. why it tasted different because I wasn't looking at the grapes that were in the bottle. I wasn't looking right. at the varietals. And so once I turned 21 and I could participate in tastings with my dad, it became, like, a lot more focused. And so mm-hmm. – and, like, Blake is not a drinker. So he only drinks when we go wine tasting and he only enjoys it because it's we're tasting it to see which ones we like better, how Mm -hmm. they're different and which one we want to buy and why. It's like Mm -hmm. we're not tasting it. We don't go tasting for the sake of like getting drunk for the day, although that is a total plus. Yes. Um, (laughs) It's like we're here because we want to buy the one we like the most. Yeah. We want to learn from the experience and the more you do it, the more fun it becomes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm probably, I think I'd probably say I can, like, describe different um, 
I guess the words notes, but I wouldn't even say like I know exactly what that means. I just like I can describe probably the differences between like like a cab and Merlot probably of how I how I taste it or mm-hmm. where like it resonates in my mouth or like a like a Chardonnay or like a Sauv Blanc. But like I can't give you like the grapes or like like there's some bottles where it's like notes of such and such and I'm like I have no idea where that is. The other day we had a wine and I did not love it. It was a random blend. But it was, like, something raspberry. where there was, like, raspberry. And I was, like, this is a fucking juice box <laughs> like of raspberry flavor. Um, so, like, that was one where I was, like, yes, I can taste what you're telling me for sure. But otherwise, not really. And that's where it comes down to knowing which grapes you like and that kind of stuff. It's, like, mm-hmm. I can – if I pick up a red blend, I'm going to look and see which grapes are, bl- like, mixed into that blend. Because if it has Syrah, Blake will not drink it. He hates oh, I Syrah. Um. I like Petit Syrah and I like Syrah. He does. He likes Petit Syrah, but not Syrah. So mm-hmm. if it has Syrah mixed into that blend, he will not drink it and he will know right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and me, it's like, I can't have a GSM. I cannot have a Grenache Syrah Mauvaise. It's a mixture of the three. It's called a GSM. Mm-hmm. It's like a French thing. Um, mm-hmm. I can't have it. I swear it smells like a baby's diaper. I cannot. Mm. Disgusting. <laughs> I can have them individually, but I cannot have the three mixed together. Whereas he really That's likes so it. Crazy. And so... It's like, you don't know those things until you taste it. And then you look like what's in it. Yeah. You know, it's like reading a book. You're not going to pick up a random book by a random author. You're going to be like, oh, I like this author. So I'm sure I'm going to like this book. It's the same thing with wine. I like this grape. So I'm sure I'm going to like this wine or I like this brand. So I'm sure I'm going to like this one. Right. Just like reading like the nutrition facts and ingredients in a food. You're like, oh, I don't want that in my body or like love that that's all like stuff I'm good about yeah for sure I saw a meme this morning about like you know it's good when you drink it and then you check the nutrition label afterwards you'd be like oh what is in this (laughs) like if the wine doesn't make you feel that way then you shouldn't be buying it and so that's kind of why I go tasting it's like I don't get my wine from the grocery store it's like oh I'm out like my bar is looking a little empty I need to go tasting that's cool that's also because you're supporting um local businesses it, yeah, exactly. Wineries and local businesses rather than like the grocery store and stuff, which so I think Santa Barbara does a good job. I'm sure many places do a good job, but I feel like I see local wines. Well, that's because a it's lot of here. Places. Yeah. It's really expensive to ship wine. Um, and so much wine is produced in this area. It's the number two place in the United States to produce wine next really? to Napa. To Napa? Um, wow. And so like, this is a great place to be. People come from around the world to taste the wines from Santa Barbara and slow counties. Um, mm-hmm. And there's so much wine produced in Paso that, like, the grapes are grown in the San Inez Valley. And so mm-hmm. um, tasting wines from Buellton, San Inez area, Los Alamos, are going to be, like, really, really good wines. And yeah. luckily, we live in a place where we can afford to get local wines because it's not that expensive to ship. Right. I mean, I have a wine yeah. subscription that ships worldwide. And whenever I get a shipping notification, it's here within a day because it ships from Buellton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, can I just come pick it up? that's how you know you're in a great wine area that's true that's a good point wow that's cool ah yeah that sounds like a good date night but we were talking about wines yeah we wanted to talk about blake we got to find wines we wanted to talk about blake (laughs) just check off wine from the list if that was on it that's wine tasting is on it yeah Yeah, there we go we talked about wine tasting i short long story short i taste a lot of wine lots (laughs) Uh, I, I have had to put a limit on it. Like I'm limited to two bottles a week now because Blake does not drink. 
Um, right. And so it comes dangerous because I'll open a bottle and it's going to go bad in two days. So I need to finish it. I try to justify it. I'm like, oh, I have to finish it. It's going to go bad. But right. really, it's like, like I just want to keep drinking. Help me. Help me. Help me. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you should drink it too. It's like, you're, we spent a lot of money on it. You know, we can't let it go to waste. Yeah. It's just, it's fine. It lets me justify drinking more often. I try to limit to like one glass a night. And also being a teacher, you like need alcohol or you won't survive. Um, which I thought was a total cliche, but it, it truly is the truth. Um, but Blake, yeah, Blake, um, how did we, how do I want to go about it? I guess I should start from how we met, right? Mm-hmm, um, please. So John knows some of these people in this story. Um, so I was coaching at Dos Pueblos and Blake went to Dos Pueblos. He graduated the year before I started coaching there. So he is like two years behind us. So I'm okay. 24, he's 22, turns 23 next week. Um, okay. So he had been an athlete there and he was coming to, he was attending Cal Poly at the time and I was hanging out after practice um, and coach Kaplan walked down. Miss Kaplan, she used to coach cross country. I don't think she does anymore, but she still teaches at Joe's Pueblos. She's an English teacher. Um, And I was there with, oh, I'm totally drawing a blank on his name. Track coach, football coach. Coach Troy. Troy, Troy. thank you. I wanted Mm -hmm. to call him coach Tony because I coach with two Tonys, but yeah, coach Troy. (laughs) Um, and Kaplan was like, Troy, have you seen Blake? I swear he's on steroids. And he was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And so she was like, give me your phone. And she took my cell phone and she looks him up on Instagram. I'm sure you can tell how this is going to go. Troy, <laughs> being an older guy, looks at the picture and tries to zoom in, which you could not do on Instagram at the time. So then he ended right. up liking it. Right. On my <laughs> Instagram account. Troy with the moves, plug in. So then I was like, oh my gosh, this is not good. And I was a soft, this was my second year of college at the time when I was coaching there. No, my third, mm-hmm. my third when I was coaching third. there. Yeah. Um, third, yeah. And I was still in a relationship at the time. And so I was like, oh God, like just unlike it and just leave. Hopefully he didn't notice it. Of course, mm-hmm. within a couple hours, I got a follow request. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know this person. I'm like this random girl who liked a picture from six months ago. I look like a crazy <laughs> person. And so I just ignored, ignored, ignored. I denied multiple times. Like, I don't want this person following me. I feel weird. Um, and then a year later, he had come back because of family situation. He ended up back at SBCC for a year. And so he came to help coach. And so then he and I started talking. And then we were able to, like, clear up the whole situation. And then mm-hmm. at that time, I was no longer in a relationship. And so mm-hmm. um, one of my friends who I coached with um, was also one of his good friends through Dos Pueblos and so um he ended up like kind of helping Blake out like getting to know me and like letting him know if if I was dating anyone or if it was like a good time to try to like make a move he ended up asking me on a date in front of the whole track team (laughs) I could not say no because I'm in front of a whole crowd and so I said yes um and then for two weeks, he gave me this whole, like, oh, I'm sick. I can't go on a date. Oh, I'm sick. I need to reschedule. And I was like, really? Like, you asked me out from all these people. Right. So I couldn't say no. And now you're going to avoid me? Like, right. I'm the catch here, dude. What are you talking about? Yeah. Why are you wasting my time? But, exactly. but it ended up yes. giving us two weeks to, like, text constantly and really get to know each other. Um, and at the time, I had kind of been, like, all over the place just, like, dating anybody because I had never dated before. I was coming out of a five-year relationship. And so I was like, mm-hmm. what is dating even like? This is so fun. And so I was like, right. date, 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 date. And I wasn't really getting to know people. And so he kind of surprised me and came out of nowhere. I didn't think I was going to have this great connection with him. 
but we went on a date um in Montecito and it was at like seven o'clock at night and we ended up shutting down the restaurant they had to kick us out because we were still there talking and then Mm -hmm. he was like well that was a great time and I was like yeah where are we going next and he was like I was supposed to plan something to do next like it's 11 o'clock at night I'm like I'm not ready to leave like we need to keep talking and hanging out so we ended up going downtown (laughs) to Uncle Rocco's my favorite pizza place and we were there till two in the morning eating pizza and just hanging out and then I was like, okay, it's two in the morning. I have to teach. I need to go home because this is too late. <laughs> so um, I went home and the next day we had a date and we had a date and we had a date. We had, went on a date for like every day for three weeks straight. And then it was like, okay, oh my God. this is it. Like you're a great person. And it was difficult because at the time I was looking for a job and I was um, interviewing in San Francisco and I was interviewing in the Bay Area and like down in Southern California and I didn't really know where I was going to end up. So it was hard because it's like I have this great connection. But also, I don't know where I'm going to end up. Like, how do you make decisions around right. a person you just barely met? Um, right. So I interviewed up here in Santa Maria. And they called me back the next day and offered me a job. And then another school in the district called me and offered me a job there um, within the same district. And luckily, I'd already accepted a different school. So I ended up up here. And then it was like, well, I'm moving up to Santa Maria. What do you think about that? And he was like... Well, that's great because I'm going back to Cal Poly next year. Yeah. So we ended up both moving up here at the same time. Like we had both had a year down in Santa Barbara to meet and connect. And like finally timelines lined up where we were both single at the same time. And um, Mm -hmm. then we were both moving up here at the same time. So it's kind of like, well, I don't know anyone up there and you don't really know anyone Mm -hmm. up there. Let's do this together and let's just move to a new place. And it's only been two months, but sure, like we can totally make this work. Um, Mm -hmm. so we both moved up here and I got an apartment. My lease was ending in IV in a week and I didn't have anywhere to live and I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought I was going to live in my parents' camper for a little while, but I came up Mm -hmm. here and there was something on Craigslist and I looked at the apartment and I signed the lease the next day. And then I sent Mm -hmm. it to Blake and I said, here's my new address. Like how close is it to yours? And he was like, that's my address. And I was like, no, it's not. That's my address. Turns out he had a lease on an apartment directly across the street from me. So, oh my gosh! For the past two years, we've been living across the street from each other. Um, because it just ended up I I it's a college town, so I ended up in like a college type apartment complex. Um, right. And so we've been just kind of like doing this thing and figuring out our relationship while also like starting these new paths in this new location together. Um, and that's been really fun. He's um, going to come and coach with me at Rigetti. And now he's just moved in with me. Um, yeah. And we kind of knew it was a good bond when we were, he came up here to look at an apartment with me in like Oceano. Cause I didn't, I was looking everywhere. Um, and we went out to, to dinner at Eureka and they had a track meet on the TV. And the server came up to us and was like, can we change this? no one is watching it. Do you mind if we change it to football? And I was like, well, actually I'm watching it. And Blake was like, you better not change it. And we were the two weirdos in the restaurant (laughs) that were watching a track meet when everyone else was like trying to watch this really big football game. I don't even know who was playing, but like people were mad at us Doesn't matter because we would not change it because we were like, no, we want to watch the track meet. Like he is as much of a track nerd as I am. And that was something I never had in past relationships where it was like, okay, cool. You like track, whatever. Like, didn't really want to get involved in that aspect of my life. And now it's like, do you want to get up early and watch this track meet? So, Aww. He'll be like on his phone it. watching videos of different like track races or I'll see something great. And I'll be like, look at this. And 
we'll talk about times and like goal sheets for my athletes. And it's like something that we were both nerdy about that I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is something real. This is something I need to put more effort into. Mm, Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That is such a good He just kind of came out of nowhere and I came out of nowhere. I like him way more now. I like him way more. Well, because you finally got to know a little bit about him. Well, I know, but I'm saying my baseline interactions, like, I think I met him, like, once or yeah, twice. Yeah, you guys met him once. I think I met, like, literally once. We had been dating for, like, three or four weeks, and I brought him to, like, country to music night. Thing. Yeah, right. and yeah. I remember him being there, and he was like, well, I'm not 21 yet, and, like, I don't know these people. So he ended up leaving early. Um, he felt right. uncomfortable, but, yeah, that's, like, the only time. And then he has gone up to San Francisco with me two or three times to hang out with Alyssa and Anthony. Um, and then they right. came down to Santa Barbara and we had breakfast down in Santa Barbara once. So like he's interacting with them. And then obviously right. like Anthony is my best friend. So it was constantly like, this is what he did. This is what he did. And it was like talking about Blake right. and Anthony. And so Anthony knew a lot about him. And I remember when mm-hmm. I introduced Blake to Anthony, I was like shaking hands. I was so nervous. I was like, what if he doesn't like him? Like what's going to happen? Like, <laughs> if he doesn't get Anthony approval, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, like, That's that's real. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, such a great story. Yeah. So basically, Troy slid into his DMs for me. Like, <laughs> that's I got and we told him a, a year that's... later because he was always annoyed that I started dating Blake, and then Blake was coming up here, and so he blames Blake for the fact that I left coaching at DP to coach up here instead, and like coach at a rival school. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Blake, you stole her away, and we're like, it's your fault. You did this. <laughs> Yeah, like you started <laughs> this. I didn't even know who this person was, and he didn't know I existed. But it just the timelines right. worked out that he was coming back to Santa Barbara for a year, time to meet me, and then we were both making this change at the same time. So I'm like down in Santa Barbara all the time. I'm driving down to Santa Barbara right after this. So yeah, where are you going? Um, I'm just going to his his grandparents' house. It's his birthday next week, and so they're doing like a birthday dinner for him, um, at his grandparents' oh, house. Yeah they're very cautious about like going out still. Um, so yeah. yeah. Whereas I, I get tested every two weeks. So I'm not really too cautious anymore. Is that, is that for your school or is that for It's for you? my school. school? Um, before that I wasn't getting tested because I wasn't really leaving. And also I'm in a tricky situation where I live in slow County where the cases are not nearly as bad as Santa Barbara County. Um, and then also mm-hmm. Santa Barbara County, most of the cases are in the Santa Maria area. So it's like mostly North County. And so it's like I'm going from a really safe area and commuting to a really not so safe area every single day. Um, so right. because I'm coaching and I'm interacting with the kids, I have to get tested every two weeks now. Mm. Yeah, that's that started yesterday. The day before. Yeah, I got a test this past week and I got my results yesterday that I'm negative again. But I already knew that because I'm. Not you would think anybody. you would know, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but also, like, I know if there's some people who yeah. don't know. <laughs> oh, that's such a good story, though, of you guys. Yeah, I love it. I have a a post grad work application okay. question. Oh, yeah. So, what what was that process like? You talked a little bit about how you applied in you know, San Francisco area and down in LA and like what, what determined where you were going to apply and what determined, like what type of response did you get? Like how, how difficult was it for to you to, to find a fit and like find a job? Um, or like even in like, the Santa Barbara area, like did you apply during like to the area 
that you were already kind of living in or like how did that um, kind of work? So the plan was, the plan was to stay in Santa Barbara. Um, I love Santa Barbara. I love living there. I love the culture. I love hiking, but then also having like a downtown area, the ocean mountains. I love that area. So the plan was to stay there and TEP graduates, the program I went to and that you're going to, um, is very high in demand. Like if you have TEP on your resume, people want to hire you. And a lot of the people in the Santa Barbara area, like if you ask teachers that teach there, they're like, oh yeah, I did TEP six years ago. Oh, I did it 10 years ago. They've all done it. That's because it's just a great program. And so I kind of was like, I already have a job here. I've been working and coaching here for two years. I've got to be hired. And it like my CT at Joe's Pueblo, she was leaving. And so I knew an English position was going to be open. And so it's like, I kind of have this in the bag. And then the other school I was teaching at Santa Barbara Junior High had two English teachers leaving. And I was like, okay, so there's three English positions. There's only eight English teachers in my program. And only three of us want to stay in the area. Like, I've got to get hired. Um, And it just didn't, it just didn't happen. I ended up applying and we all did. And there was 150 applicants just for the English department. And there were only four positions to fill in the whole district. Um, And basically they right off the bat eliminated anyone who didn't speak Spanish. Because Mm. as an English teacher, you have to teach the EL classes as well. So they are looking for people who can speak Spanish. So because I didn't speak Spanish, I was immediately eliminated from the applicant pool. I didn't even get an interview in Santa Barbara. Um, And it kind of broke my heart. Mm -hmm. It made things really sad because I did for a little while consider like not leaving and just coaching and just living off of that salary and working another job until there was another position because I was so set on Santa Barbara. Um, But I realized Mm -hmm. what's the point? I just put four years into degrees. Um, And it was almost impossible. I mean, TEP kind of told me I wasn't allowed to coach while I was doing my student teaching because they were like, it's going to be too much time. And I kind of did it anyway because they weren't making other people quit their jobs. So why can you make me quit my job? Because it's coaching. It just happens to be coaching. So I did it anyway. And that was my only income for a whole year. And John knows coaching is not a lucrative job. You do it because I I would not call it income. Yeah, I would not call it. No, it's five cents an hour. If you do the math. It is five cents yeah. an hour and you end up spending like, more money on like gas to games and like snacks for the kids or like different things that you actually lose money as a coach. But I considered staying there and just doing that. Um, but I realized I needed to make some money. I needed to start. My loans were going to kick in soon. My bachelor hadn't kicked in because I was still doing college technically. So I hadn't had to pay mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. yet and I knew I needed money. So I really just went into the website. I'm forgetting the name right now. Like Ed something. Um, it's like Ed Source or something. It's a website that just has like every teaching job possible in the entire United States. Um, and you just put in mm. what, what area you want to be in, what your degree is in, like a specific level you want to teach. And it brings up all the jobs possible. And it was just like, okay, attach my cool. credential, attach my resume, attach my um, cover letter, like change up the name of the school and like change up some stuff in it every time. And I was applying to like maybe 35, 40 different schools. Um, and so were everybody else in the program and we were just kind of like, take what you can get, just get a job and you can always move from there. Um, cause a lot right. of places want you to have experience, but also there was a huge teaching shortage. And so it depends on what field you're going to. Unfortunately, you and I are not in a high demand field. English and history are not high demand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about math and science. So it was hard watching my math and science peers get jobs right away like they got an interview and they got a job within two weeks of applying 
And then all of the English and history mm-hmm. people were like, you know, just had my fifth interview, waiting on a job. Are they ever going to call? Right. Um, so, yeah, I went on. I did three interviews in one day in San, in San Francisco. I, like, drove up at night, crashed in Salinas. And then I got up in the morning and I did one um, out in Alameda. And then I did one out near Point Reyes. And then I did one in the city. Like, I just did a little circle around the bay. And then I drove right back down. And the next day, I had another interview um, in Santa Maria. And luckily, Santa Maria loved me. Um, And it just, like, depends on what they're specifically looking for. I definitely think coaching is a huge plus. I think what hurt me was my age. Um, Just being young and Mm. being a woman there's so many female teachers they want male teachers they want teachers of color they want teachers of diverse backgrounds and it doesn't help being yet another white lady who wants to be put in a classroom with a bunch of kids who don't look like her right you know um so coaching definitely helped but being a woman definitely hurt me and being young definitely hurt me Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm it's definitely stressful because you're like watching everyone else in yeah. your group get jobs and get hired and you're like, you really want those jobs. And it was definitely hard because it was like the one position I had put all my effort into was at Joe's Pueblos. The principal loved me. The teachers loved me. Right. The coaching staff loved me. But the principal told me I didn't even get a chance. They like immediately eliminated you because right. you don't speak Spanish. Because in Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. the principals don't get hiring power. The superintendent does. So if you don't fit the superintendent's little box, then you don't get a chance. Whereas in a lot of other districts, it's like they give your information to the principals and they have the decision to make. Whereas in Santa Barbara, the superintendent chooses you and then puts you at whatever school he wants. The principals don't really get a say. Right. And I don't think people love him. Not only people loved him, but we've got a new superintendent yeah. since then. There's a new superintendent starting oh, this I've been past year. That. And she's from yeah. she's from LA County and apparently she is a, a bit of a, a stickler. But see, I remember when he was so weird. We've been here for so fucking long. I, I remember when he was enacted to be superintendent because I was um interning at the Santa Barbara Education mm-hmm. Foundation. Um and so like I was part of like that that was like that dialogue and so it's just so weird to be like to like know <laughs> like stuff that's going on in the community like that and like have been here since that change I you know what I mean it. like I yeah love that. but like superintendents oh. I feel like is a position people stay at for longer than say you know three yeah, or four years because it's the top right? my wrong the end of the line you know you work your yeah. way from teacher right. to assistant principal to principal to superintendent and like that's something you work your way right. up to um and I definitely remember when he was removed and there was another person put in place because at the same time, the principal from Santa Barbara Junior High resigned for a bunch of negative things. And I was like, I knew that was coming because I remember being a student teacher at Santa Barbara Junior High and like the conversations between teachers, right. like I knew shifts were about to happen and it just didn't work out that I was in one of those last years where things were not changing yet. Right. Um, but now it's like, right. I have my home at Rigetti and it's not the perfect school, but I don't think any school is perfect. Every school is going to have their downsides. Right. I... Public education, baby. Woo! Right. <laughs> well, and you ended up, I think, where you probably were meant to yeah, be. Yeah, like everything worked out. You're there with Blake and you're closer to the, like, wine. Exactly. I live in Slow, which is, like, a very young, hip town. It's a mini Santa Barbara. It's a great city. 
Um, I live 30 right. minutes from Santa Maria, right. so I never run into my students. Um, I get to like live my own life here. Right. Um, Rigetti is a massive school and they have an amazing, I mean, I'm the head coach of the cross country program now. So it's like kind of my baby. Mm-hmm. And then I know that there's going to be changes in the track mm-hmm. program in the future where it's like that could end up being, I'm also the head coach of the track program. And so I have two things that are mine. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was hired at Rigetti, I was hired to teach a pilot course, which means brand new. And it was like my job to try it out and give feedback to the creators of the course. So I didn't really have to go by what mm-hmm. anyone else was teaching. I got to do whatever I wanted. Um, and that's been really fun. Mm-hmm. Now I've kind of created a class for myself. And now I've been able to bring in people each year. And it's like, okay, you're also getting to teach this with me now. Like, let me show you how I've been doing it. But also you can change it up and make it your own. So it's been it's expository reading and writing course. It was, it's been around for several years. It was taught at my high school, but um, there's like 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. So right when I was getting hired, it was time to try 3.0 and my district had said, yeah, we're going to do the pilot. Um, and then one of the teachers who was supposed to teach the pilot left and they hired me. Actually, they offered me the job and said I was going to teach freshman and sophomore. And I was like, perfect. I've been teaching seventh, eighth grade this will be great. Like they're young, but they're, they're a little more mature. And then, um, two weeks before school started, I'm like creating my freshman curriculum. And they're like, Oh yeah, by the way, we switched you. You're teaching seniors now. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm 21. Right. Right. Like we went to high school. I was like, you know that when I was a senior, they were (laughs) freshmen, right? Like you're aware of that. Apparently they were, and they did not care. Apparently for my interview, they thought I would be able to handle it and that me being young was going to be an advantage teaching seniors and that there would be like higher respect. And then also relatability that I had just come out of college and they were about to go into college. And so there would be great conversations and I had better knowledge of what college is really like because I was the most recent graduate of college. So they're like, yeah, you're going to teach seniors and it's a brand new class. You could do whatever you want. So then another teacher and I got to sit down and just kind of create a curriculum for the whole school year and it's so fun it's mm-hmm. a great class because um typically when you go to your senior year of english it's like english four or ap um and english four is kind of right. like i'm just taking this because i need credits to graduate and then ap is like i'm a super nerd mm-hmm. and i'm going to college and i want the extra credit so they do ap right there's but no middle. both versions of the class teach literature and you're never going to read literature again in college unless you're a lit major And so my class teaches expository reading, which is articles, um, research studies, those kinds of things. And so you're reading real information, real things that actually involve you and are relatable to you. And there are right answers instead of literature where it's like, read the poem and tell me how it relates to you. This instead is like, okay, we're going to look at two authors perspective on this same event and talk about how they're different and write a paper about it, which is what you do in college. So it's kind of like a crash course on the type of stuff you're going to do in college. But it also means I get to teach really fun topics. Um, Yeah. Yeah. There's so much like critical thinking availability to be creative there too. Yes. You can do with like current events. You can shift so many different things year to year with that type of class. And I think that's something that um, people don't realize with English and that a lot of English teachers don't realize is like English teachers are kind of given this list like okay you need to teach this book and this story and this but also english the Mm -hmm. point of english class is to read and write better you can read anything and become a better reader so yeah maybe you need sorry the cat maybe it you you need to um, 
a certain book, find ways that you can bring it in and make it relatable to that book. And you can teach whatever you want in English as long as you're reading it and writing about it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a little drowsy. Uh-huh. Also, dad just came home. So now he's oh, like, dad, where are you? He's like, can no? I go play? Hello? Yeah. So I love my <laughs> class and are you it's great teaching seniors. I love them. They're like my favorite humans. Um, they're like my little siblings. They refer to me as like the cool aunt sometimes. Because mm. <laughs> they're like, That's oh, my son is as old as you. And I'm like, cool. And? <laughs> You're like, you don't know how old I am. Yeah, actually, for the first year, they swore I was 28. And I was like, yeah, cool. We're going to go with that. Like, I'm not 22. I'm 28. Yeah, I'm 28. And it was like, they just kind of guessed and nobody ever figured it out. But then the athletes ended up figuring it out. Um, And so then they started telling everybody. But now it's like, I'm 24. So it's not as big of a deal. To Whereas, like, I turned 22 on my first day of teaching. And so they were, they like, thought I was 28. They're doing the math. They're like, okay, bachelor's is four years. And then a master's is like at least two years. And they're like doing all the math. Like, okay, so she's yeah. and, and you're like, like nah, no, no, no. I, I switched up the script on that one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love yeah. it. Well, you are fucking killing it. Yes, as, as always. always. It's true. So, it's true. And cool. I can't wait to ask you all kinds of more questions as I'm going through my yeah. process. But, um, <laughs> It sounds super motivating, and it sounds like what you have going is so awesome, and I can't wait to eventually get to experience what you're doing with teaching and coaching and kind of building those connections. It's super inspiring. You're I'm gonna really love excited. It. TEP is going to be, like, simultaneously the most difficult and also the most amazing year of your life. Um, you're going to enjoy having those conversations, and the classes are going to be, like, no other. It's not even, like, a class. It's, like, you just get together as people who have the same passion as you and just like talk about the field that you're interested in. It's not even like classes. It gets a little late because you're in class like seven o'clock at night after teaching all day long, but you're going to love it. And then being a coach makes you a better teacher and then teaching makes you a better coach. And so it's fun to see the two intertwine and like see yourself develop in both fields. Um, And you get to, you get to go into teaching with kind of like a hack already in mind because you are a teacher um, but in a different way and it, it, it makes it really fun you're gonna love it every day is different Woo! I'm all I'm all excited yeah I'm all excited well thank you so much thank for coming so, on so this so was much. awesome I'm glad everyone got to listen Yay. and hear a little bit about you that's me <laughs> that was so fun and yeah I can't wait to have you back on because we're definitely gonna have you back on for some specific topics we should talk do an F and F F like no. me with my pod, no. my pod kind of combo. First time you ever said that. <laughs> We're totally gonna do an F. Um, maybe with you. Oh, that'd be a lot of people, but I'd be so down to do a wine tasting episode with Antonio and Sissa too. And you and you guys can like, oh, like we could do tastings. Record. I don't know. We'll talk about it after. <laughs> <laughs> we'll yeah, but that'd be cool. That'd be a cool thing to talk about for sure. That's so much into it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna need more experience. Yes. We'll do a class or two beforehand test. before we end up doing. Yeah. 
That way we have yeah, a yeah, pen. You can say, be like, yes, I know wine. Let yeah. me <laughs> I love it. Yes. Well, thank, thank you, you so much, me. Megan. This is super fun. I don't know yes, if I listened to my own episode, but you're, you're going to have to film another one so I have something to listen to on Monday. well thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time bye